Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We talking fantasies, Yes, it is me. This is JT. I am filling in for Mr. FSP. He's not available, uh, and uh, that's how we roll. We cover each other's back. And this is the FSP show. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. It's 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to JT on the FSP. Got a great show in store for you this afternoon on East Coast time, we're talking about one o'clock, so it's East Coast time that we're, what, that we're uh, rolling right now. We're going to be talking about week eight in the NFL, in reality and in fantasy. Talking about the World Series, my Mets um, made a statement coming back to New York, to NY, and says, uh, how about that, Kansas City Royals? Big Ben may be back, so uh, we're going to uh, talk about that a little bit. Um, the Lions in Kansas City are playing a game tomorrow morning over in London, another game that's an early, early a.m. game on Sunday. And uh, we'll talk about that. They uh, kind of revamped their offensive uh, uh, um, coaching, offensive linemen, uh, the uh, OC got canned, so we got a new OC. Hopefully that opens up the offense. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And got a big matchup between two undefeated teams. Green Bay Packers coming off of well, – in fact, both teams coming off a of bye. Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos playing it this thing in mile high in Denver. Both undefeated. Rodgers versus Peyton Manning. We talk about that. And like I said, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. We also have a chat room sitting out there for you. If you would like to jump in that chat room with a question, comment, or make a statement, you can do that. We do allow that. That's not a problem. Just jump in there. Listen. If you don't like something, and you don't want to talk on the phone, which is fine. Jump in the chat room. Just be, remember this. Whatever you put in that chat room, if it's foul, it's going to come out that way. Trust me. That's how we roll here. All right. Like I said, we got the, a few things to talk about. We got 
a little less than an hour and a half to talk about them. And the first thing we're going to talk about, because the longest thing we'll, we'll be talking about is football. So we talk about MLB championship. We're talking about the World Series, people. My New York Mets versus the Kansas City Royals. The first two games were played in Kansas City. And uh, um, as you all who, who follow baseball, and especially uh, what's been going on in the World Series, you know that the Kansas City Royals held court in their own stadium. Like uh, the first game was played this past Tuesday, and Kansas City came back in dramatic for- fashion in uh, 14 innings and beat the Mets 5-4 against uh, uh, the Dark Knight, which is uh, Matt Harvey. And then they come back the next day, which is Wednesday, this past Wednesday. They play uh, Jason DeGrom, the two best pitchers of the Mets. And DeGrom got smacked around, slapped up the side of the face, kicked out of the game, whatever you want to call it. Johnny Cueto goes off with the win. And the Mets lose 7-1. to one. But there's no panic in Gotham. There's no panic in Gotham. We still got another fireballer called Thor in our back pocket waiting to be unleashed on Friday night, the night before Halloween the night before trick or treat. And we had a trick for the Kansas City Royals, and we treated him to Noah Syndergaard on Friday night. First pitch of the World Series on Friday night, high and tight, puts um, Alcides to the ground, made a statement, got the Kansas City Royal players in the dugout upset. But Noah Syndergaard said, not tonight, fellas. It's not going to happen tonight. And proceeded to uh, throw his uh, um, hammer down, so to speak, after a rocky first inning, first two innings, I should say, and uh, put down double digits, Kansas City Royals, uh, while the Mets were um, scoring runs in bunches and proceeded to beat the Royals in the first game of three in New York, nine to three. Big time performance from a 23-year-old fireballer in Noah Syndergaard um, against Jordano um, Ventura who apparently, I wouldn't say apparently, who didn't have his best stuff, and uh, Curtis Grandison and David Wright took him to took him to the took him to yard took him to yard. I'm gonna put it that way. Both of them homered. Both of them hit two run homers, um, and were the majority of the offense in the top of the order, which is fine. Doesn't make a difference where you get it at, as long as you get it. And uh, um, 
made short order, so to speak, of the starting pitcher, Jordano Ventura, in, in, in going on to a, I wouldn't say statement game, but a game that says, you know, Kansas City understood what you did when you um, won your first two games against uh, supposedly two best pitchers, which is fine. But we knew how to adjust. We got a 23-year-old that is unafraid. It, it, it's got a big chip on his shoulder. And admit, and, and, and I have to admit, and, and I'm a, uh, um, I'm a diehard Met fan, but I have to admit, uh, our third pitcher, Noah Syndergaard, has got a, um, a little arrogant. I'll say that. He's a little arrogant. You get him on an interview, you can see that he's got some arrogance to him, which is fine. I want my pitchers to be bulls and have a little arrogant, uh, arrogancy in him. And he showed out well. Pitched well. Didn't have his best stuff. I've seen him pitch better. Got a little shaky in the uh, sixth inning, which is uh, just about where his tipping point is. And I knew that. Uh, had the bases full. The, bait, the game could have got out of hand. Uh, he could have gave up the lead. And no telling what would have happened after that. But Terry Collins, I have to give it to him because I wanted to pull him. Five and two-thirds and he had the bases loaded. Um, I, I wanted to pull him. Terry Collins, manager of the New York Mets, decided, nope. I got faith. I have faith in Thor. Thor is going to bring down a hammer and, and get himself out of this inning and, and, and preserve the lead for the New York Mets. And guess what? Thor came through big time. Big time. When it needed, when the Mets needed the most, um, I'm not just talking about the sixth inning. I'm talking about the whole game from start to finish before he walked away in the sixth inning to bring it over to the um, bullpen, who Addison Reed took over in the seventh inning, uh, pitched admirably, pitched very well. Uh, Tyler Clippert, he scares me, people. I'm telling you, he scares me when he comes in there because you never know what type of uh, – Clippers you're going to get. The one good one or the bad one. He got a good one in the eighth inning. And then quite naturally, because what happened in the first game um left a bad taste in um Mr. Familiar, our closer, because he gave up the lead and eventually the Mets lost. Terry Collins did a good thing. Did a very Right thing, brought him in. Now, this is not a closer situation, but he brought him in to reestablish his confidence, reestablish his dominance in the uh, ninth inning. And uh, uh, he did just that. Knocked him down. Um, I think he, he, he uh, faced four batters. One of them got on, which is fine. This is a uh, solid hitting team in the Kansas City Royals. They do put bat on ball put the ball in play. So you can't expect to strike out every, each and every one of them. And uh, hopefully when they hit the ball, it's to someone. And uh, we got out of the inning, ninth inning, put it in the books. And the Mets, like I can say, walk away Friday before the Thanksgiving, excuse me, Friday before Thanksgiving, Friday before Halloween. And we're treated, the Mets fans were treated to a win uh, first time, 
first World Series played in City Field, and they come off with a win. Can't beat that. Cannot beat that with a stick, people, so to speak. Crowd was going wild. There were celebrities in the house. Chris Rock, um, Billy Joel, um, Jerry Seinfeld, Dwight Gooden was there. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Daryl Strawberry was somewhere in the house, too, because I, I, I listened to him on the radio, on sports radio in New York. And I think he said he was going to be there. So um, there was some other uh, – uh, Kevin, and I'm trying to think with the guy who played um, Mall Cop, he was there also because he happens to be a big Mets fan. Um, I'm trying to think who else may have been there. I, it, it, it was a very festivious uh, uh, occasion and quite naturally capped off with a New York Mets win. Like I said, first time in City Field that the New York Mets have, have played a World Series. First time. Now, you got to remember, when they were in the World Series, in, I think 2000 or whatever it was with the Yankees, there was no City Field. It was played in Shea Stadium. This is the first time the Mets played a World Series game in City Field. And uh, like I said, it was good times in New York uh, with a New York Mets win. So it is what it is. Game game uh, four, Stephen Matched, rookie left-hander. Rookie left-hander. Got a lot of faith in my, my, my Met pitchers. Um, but like I said before the World Series started, I was more afraid of this team, Kansas City, not that the other team, the Toronto Blue Jays, who was the most offensive, uh, um, uh, who had scored the most runs and had a most powerful offense in all of baseball, the Toronto Blue Jays. But I was more afraid of the Kansas City Royals for the simple fact that they have a more well-rounded team. Very good hitters from from um, one to nine. Very good uh, pitching staff. And a very good bullpen. So, like I said, they're a very well-rounded team. Um, they're one of the better teams against hard throwers, especially people who are uh, uh, a pitching staff that throws a lot of fastballs. Best team against uh, fastball pitchers throwing 95-plus. So, and the fact is that the Kansas City Royals are making back-to-back appearances in the World Series. Lost uh, a heartbreaking World Series last year and want to make amends this year for their fans. So they had they had previous World Series experience where I think there's only a couple guys, Juan Uribe, Uribe and I'm trying to think who else may have been on a World Series winning team. Um, and uh, uh, I have to think about this. How about this? You know, this is, this, this is, and I've just thought about, when I thought about this guy, he hadn't played in a month, people. He had not played in a month. In a month, comes up in a big situation and gets a nice knock and knocks in, I think, two runs. Talking about Juan Uribe, professional hitter. Big influence in the Mets locker room uh, and, and big influence um, 
on the field, especially in the uh, um, batting department. One of the key moves for the Mets um, before they got uh, Yoannis Cespedes was getting Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe. Tried to get some professional players. Not that the Mets didn't have professional players, but professional players with um, experience. Professional hitters in Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe. Really like Juan Uribe. He's one of what you call a professional hitter, and he showed it, like I said, hadn't played in a month. Hadn't been up to to take a, a at-bat in a month. I, I can't stress that, how hard that is. Was down, I think he was down, I think it was, the count was 2-2, something like that, and, and it had a knock out to right field that brought in at least one, I think it was two runs. So Mets getting it from all places doesn't make a difference where you get it as long as you get it. And I have to give it to my Mets. I I, I was a little leery about uh, what was going to take place. I know um, that Noah Syndergaard pitches the best at home versus the road. I know that he's a uh, five to six inning pitcher. Uh, as he gets older and and and, and more experienced, even though uh, I think he 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 learned a lot this past season, I think he'll be able to go deeper into his innings. But five six innings six innings at the most is where Noah Syndergaard has a tendency. It, it like I said is the tipping point, and uh, he gutted it out uh, and, and got it to um, uh, got out of the sixth inning unscathed. Unscathed. From the second inning on, Kansas City did not score a run. So I'd have to give it to him. Big big ups. Noah Syndergaard. I know um, there are some co-hosts of mine that are not Met fans at all, which is cool. They are NL East fans, meaning the um, the Washington Nationals, and don't like the Mets. You know, division rivals. I understand that, but you got to give it to the Mets. And uh, um, Stephen Matz goes, like I said, the rookie goes, the rookie left-hander goes up against um, um, Chris Young, who's an older pitcher, but been pitching very well for the Kansas City Royals. And uh, this should be pretty interesting. Interesting. So on Fox wherever your Fox affiliates are at that are going to broadcast the game. It starts at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Be there. It's going to be a chilly night. It's a chilly day. Definitely going to be a chilly night. We're in in the uh, uh, latest stages of October, Halloween. Halloween. Is it going to be a trick or a treat for the Mets and their fans today? Are we going to get tricked into uh, losing a game, or are we going to tri- treat it to uh, winning another game and tying the series at 2-2? 8 o'clock, we'll, from 8 o'clock on, we'll find out which way it goes. Crossing my fingers and hoping it goes positively the way we want it to go, Met fans, and that's where they win. All right, people. Enough of the World Series. Uh, enough of that. We got uh, the NFL to talk about. And uh, we have a lot of games on slate. We have uh, week eight 
in the NFL where they play to play, where they pay to play, I should say, um, and where they get paid to play. I'll put it that way. Get paid to play. All right? And uh, let's see if we can um, do some good here. All right. Like I said, it's week eight by Jacksonville, Buffalo, Philly, Washington are all on a bye. So those players accordingly, LaShawn McCoy, uh, Charles Clay, um, uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns and T.J. Yeldon uh, and Julius Thomas. DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, Jordan Matthews, uh, Sam Bradford, um, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jordan Reed, Alfred Morris, Matt Jones, Chris Thompson, Pierre Garçon, uh, Jameson Crowder. Who else am I naming? That, that, that All those guys are on buys, okay? I, I, I named off all the players on the respective teams on Buffalo, Jacksonville, uh, Philadelphia, and uh, uh, Washington. I may have missed somebody, but you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. Any of those four teams that have players that are fantasy relevant that are uh, were in your lineup, get them out. Don't think about it. Um, and like I said, if they're fantasy relevant, we'll be talking about that next week. I mean, excuse me, not next week. We'll be talking about that tomorrow, All Hallows Day, the day after uh, Halloween, November 1st. Where? After 2 a.m.? Remember this. After 2 a.m. Sunday morning, time goes back. Remember, spring ahead, fall back. So number November 1st, after 2 a.m., Time goes back. So at this time tomorrow, instead of it being about 1.30, it'll be 12.30 p.m. Remember, time goes back this morning. So when you go to bed, when it's time to go nighty-night and put your head to rest and get some um, shut-eye in order for you to wake up tomorrow morning, turn back the clock an hour. So when you wake up, you won't be surprised that it's not 1.30, it's 12.30, meaning 1.30 in the afternoon versus 12.30 in the afternoon, All right? So fall back. So the time, so the time goes back one hour, and remember to do that before you um, – before, before when you go to bed, turn back the clock. And then you can go from there. All right. We have a slew of games. Uh, 13 games, to be exact. And uh, 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 we'll try to get through them. We have a little more than an hour to do it. And I think we can do it. So we have 13 games on slate. So with the first game we're going to go through, and not – any specific order. Um, we'll go with the Arizona Cardinals hosting, uh, hosted by the uh, Cleveland Browns. 
Arizona is fa- favored by six points. Josh McCown is questionable, but may play this week. Um, the coach, Mike Patin, said he might end up playing both quarterbacks. So um, you, ne- you never know what's going to happen here, but let me put it this way. Uh, th- in my opinion, they have a better chance of winning the game if Josh McCowan, who's the seasoned veteran, versus Johnny Menzel, because you never know what you're going to get. At least you know what you're going to get from Josh McGowan. He's a seasoned pro. Um, I'm not saying he's all world, but um, he's a steady, a steady, and a more steadying influence than uh, Johnny Menzel, who's a, a wild card in, in putting him out there. Andrew uh, Hawkins has been had out because of his concussion. Um, and uh, John Brown on the other side missed all practices uh, because he's dealing with uh, hamstring issues. And uh, there's a strong chance um, that he may not uh, go because the fact is um, of his hamstrings. And he struggled through it last week, um, did pretty well. But um, even though Bruce Arians said, I'm not going to hold him out, uh, uh, and try to preserve him uh, because we have a bye next week. Um, if he's able to go, he's going to go. So, what do you think about this um, matchup? Um, Cleveland is uh, dead last against preventing fantasy points against the uh, um, running back position. Now, I'm going to go through these uh, and, and not totally talk about fantasy, even though I just did there, but I wanna, the point I'm making is uh, even though that the um, Arizona Cardinals have a prolific running, at, I mean, uh, uh, aerial attack with John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd and, and a sporadic Daniel Fells, and the uh, guy tossing the ball would be Carson Palmer. Uh, they also have Chris Johnson. Now, Andre Ellington supposedly is going to get to get the more work. That's going to take away from David Johnson Jr. and, and uh, um, his uh, um, use, but. Uh, I think they're going to try to run the ball quite naturally, play action. Carson Palmer would love that. And like I said, Carson Palmer is one of the best deep ball throwers in the um, in the NFL. Uh, and he's got weapons to throw to John Brown, Michael Floyd, and, and uh, um, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Joe Hayden, I know a lot of people say, well, Joe Hayden is going to carry, uh, cover one of them. Yeah, he's going to cover one of them, but he's not – this year – Joe Hayden's name, I know he's a little banged up and he's not really playing uh, up to what you've seen Joe Hayden play before. I think these Arizona Cardinals can um, get the best of Cleveland, even though it's in Cleveland, excuse me, even though it's in Cleveland and Cleveland does play well at home. Uh, and the line's been going up and down. I, I, I like the Arizona Cardinals to win comfortable. I don't think the... Uh, Cleveland Browns, even though, even though they're playing at home, can can um, stay with the Arizona Cardinals offensively. Arizona's got a better defense, in my opinion, than the uh, Cleveland Browns. So what's that tell you? 
how effective can the offenses be against the defense? And I think Arizona's got the edge on that. So I like Arizona to win this game. All right? I like Arizona to win the game. Plain and simple. So it is what it is. All right, let's move on to the next game. And we'll be taking a break uh, at the uh, uh, when there's one hour left in the show. So let's 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 talk about this real quick. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cincinnati's coming off a bye. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's healthy in this one, people. And and, and when I'm saying that, well, I don't say everyone's healthy, but this is going to be, a, in my opinion, a nice game. Even though it's a division rivalry. These two teams don't like each other. Andy Dalton and company have been balling out. They're undefeated, coming off a bye, visiting Pittsburgh. And Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown fans are uh, are uh, ecstatic, ecstatic, because Ben Ben is supposed to come back and playing. So you got one team coming off a bye. Balling out, including the quarterback, putting up decent points. Defense is playing well. Six and oh against a team that's three and three. Four and three. That is looking to get themselves reestablished in the NFL and Close the gap between the six and zero Bengals and the four and three Pittsburgh Steelers. Bengals have scored 182 points to date versus giving up 122. Pittsburgh Steelers have 158 points, giving up 131. Quite naturally, the Bengals are plus 60 in the point differential. Steelers are plus 27 in a point differential. Not that, I mean, not that much of a difference. I mean, you know, there, there is a difference, but not really that much of a difference, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So what do you think is going to happen in this game? Steelers get a big boost up in the offense because of Big Ben. No more Landry Jones. No more Michael Vick, who's, who more or less made uh, Antonio Brown a missing person. And his number reflected that. Landry Jones helped out a little bit. But this is a huge boost from Landry Jones, the number three quarterback, to Big Ben coming back. Now, he's coming back. He's, he's got an a MCL um, that he's healthy enough with a brace to play. Cincinnati's not going to just sit back and let Ben throw. They're going to come after him quite naturally. Big Ben is not going to be as mobile. This is his first game back in, in a few weeks. But <clears throat> he's got all his parts, all his moving parts. Le'Veon Bell, Martavis Bryant, Heath Miller, and last but not least, Antonio Brown. First time. All of them are on the field together this season. 
first time. Le'Veon Bell came back. Big Ben got hurt. Martavius Bryant was suspended. This is the first time all those parts are on the field together. This is going to be one hell of a game. I can't wait to watch it. And I like the home team, believe it or not. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers in this. I really do. I really do. I think that it, the defense gets a big boost because now they have their big dog back and Big Ben. The offense gets a big, big boost because now they have their big dog and Big Ben. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers to take away that zero from the loss column of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, I do. All right, let's move on to another game. Who, uh, with a team that broke their losing streak at five, finally won a game, pulled the upset um, from the Arizona Cardinals. I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, who are rolling now without Jamal Charles, who are rolling with uh, Shokandrick West as their feature running back, with a limited quarterback in Alex Smith, one of the dinkers and dunkers quarterbacks in the NFL. Jeremy Macklin's supposed to be coming back. <clears throat> this game's going to be played Sunday morning. Remember this, Sunday morning at 9.30. So you got to turn your clocks back and remember that when, when you turn them back, it's going to be 9.30. This game is being played. Detroit and Kansas City are going to be played overseas in London. Another London game. I think this may be the last one, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> and the thing about this is that the Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator for the uh, Detroit Lions, is not the a OC anymore. The uh, offensive line coach is gone. They've revamped the offense. Let me put it that way. And in the, in the coaching in, in the offense, I'm not don't know how much of a, um, a revamp of the offense, but I can I can almost think that they're going to open up the offense a little bit more and give some players that may have been limited at times in the offense more opportunities to make plays. I'll go into that more tomorrow because I really like a player in here. Some people ha don't, but I really like a player in here to uh, uh, not be showcased, but to get his role expanded and on the uh, master plan, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's me. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the master plan. I got some nice gems for week eight, and on this team is one of them that I really like. But I think that the uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, for whatever for whatever reason, was um, handcuffed or or whatever by the uh, uh, offensive coordinator and the offensive philosophy that the offensive coordinator had. That um, the changes that are going to be made uh, are probably going to improve the offense and make it more dynamic, so to speak. So I'm thinking that. Kansas City, which has got the one of the worst um pass defenses in the NFL, along with the um um Detroit Lions, this is gonna be a shootout. Uh 
and 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 the thing about it is this: Kansas City is the worst, um, um, worst team against the pass. Okay, worst team against the pass, especially when they have to deal with wide receivers. Well, Detroit Lions aren't aren't that far behind. They're not that far behind. This they're one of the worst teams, also. So, their defense is is not as as uh, defense of Kansas City is a little better. In in uh, but I, I expect this these two teams at times Alex uh, Alex Smith can get into a shootout, and I think this is one of those times. Okay, um, who wins this game? Tough game to call because um, because of the quarterbacks, because of the offense, because of the defenses. Sometimes the defense of um, Detroit can rise up. Sometimes the defense of Kansas City can rise up. Both these defenses are pretty inconsistent. Um, they have pieces on their defense on, on, on both teams to be able to stop the opposition. But for some reason, it hasn't happened on a consistent basis for either of these two teams. So what I'm thinking is this. The pieces on the the, the uh, Kansas City defense, in my opinion, are a little bit better. So the line is Kansas City by six. I don't pick lines. I just pick winners and losers today. Tomorrow I pick uh, 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 fantasy-relevant players. I'm liking Kansas City to beat Detroit in London, 930, where it starts on uh, Sunday morning. Um, and we'll see. That's who I like. All right. Two teams coming off of buys. Two teams that are having been are having have been having trouble running the football. Um, one team struggling more than the other on the offensive side. Uh, believe it or not, the last few games Green Bay had been struggling on the offense. Uh, Denver's been really struggling on on the offense. Um, Ty Montgomery hasn't practiced this week, is not expected to play. Um, Devontae Adams, who uh, had a high ankle sprain that was uh, not playing, uh, had limited practice this week, and then had a full day on Friday, and is expected to return, like I said, from his ankle injury. Um, The uh, Denver Broncos are the number one secondary uh, in in, in um, football, and uh, quite naturally going up against Aaron Rodgers and that uh, uh, passing game, Eddie Lacy uh, had been hurt, uh, hadn't been effective. A lot of people have lost faith in Eddie Lacy. A lot of people have, uh, uh, quite a few people have been trying to dump Eddie Lacy um, in fantasy, not – put him on a waiver wire, but trying to trade him away to try to get something for him because John Starks has, excuse me, James Starks has been playing well, especially the last game uh, he played. But James Starks has been dealing with a hip issue. And there's a strong chance that he may not play or he he may play on a limited basis uh, because of his hip issue. So, and, and there's been talk about Eddie Lacy being overweight being not being able to do what he's been doing in the past because of his weight problem. 
And so, and, I, and I'm getting that from his coach. This is played a mile high. Like I said, these two teams are coming off a bye. One team struggling, really struggling uh, on the offensive side. The defense has outscored the offense in points. Talking about the Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning. Um, is had been struggling mightily. Um, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a struggle, let me put it that way, because we all hear about the almighty Denver defense, but no one's talking about the underrated and, and flying under the radar, not for me, but for some, flying under the radar, Green Bay Packers in their defense. And uh um who who was uh top fifteen in um three categories, I mean quarterback, wide receiver, and running back, um, preventing fantasy points. And re- in reality that that's uh in reality too, um that they are pretty stout in preventing uh the uh, opposing quarterback, wide receiver and running back to have their best games or to um, run wild, so to speak. So who do I take in this game? At the long, hard, and, and, and thinking, who do I take between Green Bay and Denver? Who do I think is the best quarterback in all of NFL right now? Uh, a lot of people are saying Tom Brady's putting up gaudy numbers. Fine, he's putting up gaudy numbers. And you can make a case for Tom Brady being the best quarterback um, in the NFL right now, but for my money, for my money, and especially in this game, I like Aaron Rodgers. And if I like Aaron Rodgers, that means I like Green Bay. So guess what? Even though it's played play in mile high, even though Denver is playing home, coming off a bye, and Green Bay has to travel coming off a bye to Denver, which is a very tough place to play, atmosphere, I mean, not atmosphere, altitude. I still like the Green Bay Packers to win this game. Green Bay is favored by two and a half, okay? To me, that's an even game. If it's Aaron Rodgers and it's even, I'm leaving, meaning that I, I take Green Bay Packers to win the game. Okay? All right, you know what? Before we go to the next set of games, I'm going to take a break and, and a pause for the cause. And um, play a few um, promos. And uh, come back and then we'll talk about the uh, next set of games. We got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten more games and uh, about 45 minutes left. We, we'll be... We'll be right back. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts. Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com 
forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. And listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. If you want to add a little spice to your talk radio, try No Chaser with Mac Williams and Jerry Taylor every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, featured at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. Arguably, No Chaser is the most, shall we say, controversial show in the lineup. Let me give you a couple of direct quotes. If LeBron took a shit in the middle of the street in broad daylight, his Boy Scouts would say it's the greatest one ever. Here's another. Y'all dumb donkeys keep believing what Obama says. Just watch. This country is going to get worse, and I'm just going to sit back and say, I told you so. I can only assume this is why the show is called No Chaser. You can also visit fantasysportsandpolitics.webs.com for archives, advertising, and other information. It's No Chaser with Mac Williams and Jerry Taylor. Information, motivation, variety. Okay, people, I am back. And we're being back. We're going to the Windy City. Um, and if you want to call in and talk about any of these games, uh, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. It's 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to JT. And you know that's me. Uh, we are. This is the FSP show. Vic is not around. I'm carrying his solo which you know I can do. I do it all the time, um, especially on Sunday, which is the uh, master plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, um, we'll be talking all about fantasy on Sunday. No winners and losers, uh, buds and duds, sleepers, all, all has to do with fantasy on Sunday. So, like I said, we pick winners and losers here. My opinion, um, I'm going to take it to the bank. I don't pick uh, uh, point spreads. Um, I haven't been good at point spreads in years. I try to pick winners and losers. That's all I I, um, I want to do on this show. That's what Vic wants to do, pick winners and losers. He'd like to talk a little fantasy, and I like to reserve it for uh, Sunday because then I can just – we can focus in on specific um, players and and, and, and the like, and uh, we we carry that for an hour and a half, and try to get as much in depth and and, and uh, um, uh, precise analysis on each and every player in each and every matchup, so we um, can give you some very good information, players to pick up that are um, sitting out there on most waiver wires. Uh, I've given you a few of them. Uh, talk about them next t- uh, tomorrow, but I give you a few of them. One actually excellent gem that's been balling out ever since. I, well, before I've been talking to balling out, uh, and uh, hopefully you grab them. Anyway, let's talk about uh, the Minnesota Vikings visiting the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Four and two Vikings versus the two and four Bears. Uh, the Vikings are on a two-game winning streak but they're just one and two on the road. Um, the Bears come off an overtime loss in, in Detroit. The last three games for the Bears were, were, were decided by three points or less. 
the, the Vikings de- defense is making the difference and should help carry this game as well. Uh, last year, the Vikings won in, in Minnesota um, 13-9, and the Bears won in Chicago 21-13. So what's that tell us? This is 2015. This is 2015. 2014 is in the past. So it tells us absolutely nothing. Plain and simple. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is coming off a career best 316 yards and two scores when he played in the uh, Motor City. Um, that was his first game with two scores and 300 yards. Um, for the most part, they've been trying to give Adrian Peterson the ball and have Teddy be a game manager. But uh, defenses are stacking up against Adrian Peterson uh, quite naturally. That's nothing new. Um, uh, in the North Turner offense, and uh, um, Adrian Peterson has been held scoreless in four of uh, uh, six games and went three weeks since he last gained over 100 yards. Uh, last Last week, he got 98 yards last week, but 75 yards came in one run. Otherwise, he would have had 18 runs with 23 yards in Detroit. Um, I know that North Turner likes to use the running back as a receiver, um, but uh, his role as a receiver, I'm talking about Adrian Peterson, has been limited. Um, since uh, uh, Stephon Diggs has been on the uh, um, been playing, uh, showing extensive minutes. Teddy Bridgewater seems to have a connection with him and seems to be playing quite, quite that much better or quite that even his play has been elevated since uh, he's, he's find a reliable target. Told you people before the beginning of the season, I did not like Mike Wallace. Uh, he's a one trick pony and, and very inconsistent in my opinion. Doesn't like to go over the middle strictly nine route, meaning, you know, a go route and, and that's it. That's that's basically what Mike, Mike Wallace is, and he really doesn't have the reliable hands. Um, they had to find someone that is a versatile uh, uh, route runner and, and a consistent pe- a catcher of the pass, and that's Stephon Diggs. Okay. So um, talking about Jay Cutler, uh, he had been playing uh, 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 a little better. Um, he hasn't generated uh, big uh, fantasy points, but he's been uh, he's, he's managed to score every uh, week at least one. Uh, he's got seven touchdowns, um, and he only threw four interceptions. Um, so, who they do? What do they do? They rely on um, Matt Forte to establish the run quite naturally. Um, Jay Cutler has the, has weapons in Alshon Jeffrey and um, Martellus Bennett, um, two guys. Alshon Jeffrey is, is, is finally healthy. Martellus Bennett's been the most consistent um, pass catcher in the offense. They're playing in Chicago. Uh, Chicago's defense isn't that bad. It's better than it has been in the past. Um, but the Stills got some weakness. And uh, I would have to think that um, Minnesota going into Chicago, Minnesota's favored by two. They have the better defense, in my opinion. They have the 
more explosive, explosive players, in my opinion, in both the running and passing game. So what am I doing? I'm going with the uh, Minnesota Vikings to win that game over the Chicago Bears. I think uh, the uh, Chicago Bears are going to try to make a go of it, but I think Minnesota is uh, eventually going to prevail and and uh, uh, win that matchup. So I like the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Chicago Bears in Chicago. No point spread. I'm just picking winners and losers here. That's all. That's all I'm going with. All right, let's go to the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints, who uh, um, the Saints are three and four on a two-game winning streak and are two and one at home versus the four and three Giants, who are sitting up top the NFC East, but are just one and two in road games. The Saints have won three of their last four games and are starting to put the pieces together to salvage the season. I think they're they're starting to run the ball more, and uh, the passing game has become more stable, uh, especially with Drew Brees throwing to a um, Ben Ben Watson, who Drew Brees likes throwing to the tight end, and Ben Watson has has benefited from, benefited from that. Um, a lot of weapons that Drew Brees has to throw to. Um, the Giants are not a good um, uh, – a middle of the road, I should say, in on defense versus the Saints, who are bottom tier on the defensive side. Uh, in my opinion, and, and I really believe this, Eli Manning, you would think, would be a real good play here, but – Eli Manning, over the years, in my opinion, plays doesn't play that well on the road for one and doesn't play that well inside domes. And they're going into one of the, in my, in, in my opinion, one of the uh, more home-biased environments in the NFL in the New Orleans Saints. I know the Saints have... Um, put some duds together in the Superdome, but I don't think this week. I don't think this week. Now, um, New Orleans is favored by three. Um, I think the weaknesses of the Giants are going to play out in this game. I think the Saints are finally fi- finally found their mojo. Eli comes off his worst game of the year in just 170 yards and no scores and went over Cowboys, Cowboys gave that game away. They gave the game away. Cowboys should have won the game. Quite naturally, they didn't. Uh, They got a gift. Uh, They gave a treat, I should say, to the New York Giants. But the trick is for Giant fans, it's not going to happen this week. New Orleans Saints walk away with a win, and, and that's how I like it. I like the New Orleans Saints to win this, and I think it's going to be pretty comfortable. Eli has, at times, not played well on the road, and especially in in domes. Um, and I don't think he'll play well in the dome here. All right, let's move on to this. is a very interesting game. I know the history of these two teams very well, dating back to the Heidi game in the AFC. I mean, in the AFL. 
Now, for those who don't know what the AFL is, American Football League, um, that was what the the AFC, as we have it now, back when they had the AFL, the Jets, Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos, Houston Oilers, yes, with the Houston Oilers, not the Houston Texans, um, and the like were in the AFL before they merged and made the AFL the AFC and the NFL the NFC conferences, the National uh, the uh, National Football Conference and American Football Conference. So these two teams date back quite a ways, meaning the uh, New York Jets and the uh, Oakland Raiders. <clears throat> the Oakland Raiders always play the New York Jets tough. Very tough, whether it's in New York and where it's played t- t- uh, uh, tomorrow in Oakland. <clears throat> so you New York Jet fans, you know this history very well. New York Jets are favored by a point and a half. I got a friend that's a diehard Oakland Raiders fan. Told him before the season, I really like his team. I really like the makeup of his quarterback, a running back, and his newfound wide receiver this year, Amari Cooper. Uh, Khalil Mack uh, is a, a strong guy on the defensive side of the board. They have a, a nucleus of players, young players, and a combination of uh, veteran players to um, surprise people. They surprised San Diego last week. Um, and I can see and it, there's a possibility, and, and we'll talk about it, that the Raiders – um, pull off a mild upset against the New York football Jets. And uh, Eric Decker is a game-time decision dealing with a knee issue. Um, and a lot of people are saying that Amari Cooper, um, it's going to be on Revis Island and not being able to do anything. That may be, that may be true. They uh, the, the Jets are... Um, um, top 10 in quarterback, running back, and, def- and defending the wide receiver position, okay, versus um, the uh, Oakland Raiders. But you know what, people? Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. And I know the New York Jets, they're four and Two, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the four and two coming off a loss to the Patriots, go all the way across country to face the three and three Raiders, who are only one and two at home. Now, some people say this is a coin flip. Um, since the uh, Jets come off a a uh, tough loss to the t- Patriots. And have to travel the second game on on the road. They have to travel, even though it's a short travel to New England. Now they have to travel across country. The Raiders had a bye week uh, to prepare for the Chargers, and were pretty Im- impressive in beating the Chargers, a, a division rival. Um, and most people will say, "Well, the Jets have the better defense. Defense most of the time travels on the road." The Jets won 1940, excuse me, 1914 when the Raiders were the visitors in, in this year. 
But like I said with the uh, uh, another game, which was the uh, the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings, last year's last year's. This is this year. The Jets travel to the Oakland Raiders. And guess what? Took the Raiders against the San Diego Chargers. I know that's a different defense. I know that's a different offense um, versus the Jets. But I'm taking the young and dumb, and I hate to say it like that, Oakland Raiders. I like the Raiders against the Jets in this one. Yep, I like the Raiders against the Jets. Um, I think the Raiders have a confidence, and and the Jets, I know who they have on defense. I know who they have on offense. But something just tells me in my gut that the Raiders are going to pull off another mild upset against the Jets. I just like – it is what it is. I could be wrong, but that's my opinion. All right, let's move it on to uh, we have six more games to go in less than a half hour. I think we can get right to that half hour with these games and go against two teams going in two opposite directions. And and, and believe me, people, I don't think this is going to be a shootout. I think this is going to be a, a, um, a slaughter, to tell you the truth. One of the most passingest teams in the NFL going against one of the teams that are the worst, one of the worst against the pass. I'm talking about the San Diego Chargers. They're traveling from west to east. That's a, that's a hindrance. They're not the best team to travel from west to east. Going against the uh, one in six Ravens. Now, the Chargers are not that much better. They're 2-5 and five and are 0-3 in road games. And the Ravens have yet to win at home. And both teams are on a three-game losing streak. Now, most people will think this would be a high-scoring game. San Diego is, is best against the um, pass and not that good against the Run, and the uh, Baltimore Ravens are worse against the pass, meaning against the quarterback and the wide receiver, and uh, top 15 against the run. San Diego's weak, weak, weak point on offense is they have difficulty running the football. Their strong point is passing. Philip Rivers has been is on pace to throw for 5,600 yards and 34 touchdowns. He's already already thrown team touchdowns and topped 300 passing yards in each of his last four games. Plus, he scored no fewer than two touchdowns, and that was facing better defenses than he'll he definitely face against the Baltimore Ravens, who are playing at home. Dying for another win. They're absolutely dying for another win. Baltimore, believe it or not, is favored by three points. I don't see how. Don't see how Baltimore is favored by three points. Baltimore has scored 161 points versus 188 given up. 
San Diego has scored 165 points and conversely has scored 198. Okay? So both these teams score relatively the same amount of points, and San Diego has given up 10 more points on the defensive side of the ball. Baltimore has got a point differential of minus 27. San Diego got a point differential of minus 33. So what happens in this game? I don't like Baltimore. Don't like Baltimore in this game. So you you see a trend here. I'm picking some team, some road teams. I'm picking some road teams here, okay? Um, And this is one of them. I'm picking the pass-happy San Diego Chargers over the run-happy because they, they like running the football. Baltimore Ravens going against the opposite of the uh, two defenses. San Diego defends the pass better than, they, than the run, and Baltimore defends the run better than they do against the pass. So what's that tell you? Baltimore is going to try to run the football. San Diego is going to try to pass the football. Plain and simple. And I like San Diego that have more splash plays than Baltimore and more uh, um, plays against the run, or for the run, I should say. So I like San Diego to win that game. Yes, I do. All right. Let's go. And this is a very interesting game because there's been talk about Colin Kaepernick and his disconnect with his fellow teammates. They had a players-only meeting, which got pretty heated, um, and a lot of a lot of it anger was uh, uh, and um, uh, negative talk, I guess what you might as well say, was directed at the quarterback, meaning Colin Kaepernick, and how he, I guess, does or doesn't relate to his fellow teammates. Um, there's also talk that uh, um, he may get re- uh, benched um, for. Uh, um, the backup, Carlos Hyde, has got a, a stress fracture in his foot. So he's, he will not play this week, and possibly he'll be out multiple weeks. Um, Reggie Bush will, will become the primary back, and Mike Davis will also see some action. Um, Anquan Bolden is questionable with a mild hamstring, but he said he's going to play. Um St. Louis has a dynamic pass rush. This is played in St. Louis. Colin Kaepernick is has always had a difficulty playing against um, St. Louis and their defense. And uh, um, in fact, difficulty playing against uh, um, a, a team that has a, a defensive pass rush. I shouldn't defensive pass rush. That's stupid. Has it? has a very good pass rush in like uh, St. Louis has. The two and five 49ers are 0 and three in road games. Um, being a doormat of the NFC West, the Rams are three and three, two and one at home and yet uh, two and zero in the division. So this game means just one more way. The Rams can stay in contention. These two teams traded road uh, wins in 2014. The 49ers beat the Rams 31-17 in St. Louis, and the uh, Rams returned the favor in San Francisco 13-10. But like I said, 
I say that was 2014. This is 2014. It don't mean squat. The 49ers totaled 10 points from both the Cardinals and Seahawks loss. So what's that say? Uh, this is another strong defense. Colin Kaepernick is going to struggle. I don't think he throws a touchdown pass in here. I think this whole team is one hot mess, to tell you the truth. I know 49ers fans don't want to hear that, but the, the turmoil uh, between the team and the um, um, quarterback, quarterback, uh, you never know what you're going to get with Colin Kaepernick, and most of the time if it's against a good defense, um, he's had issues. Uh, and I think uh, the emergence of Todd Gurley and company uh, on the um, St. Louis side and playing at home is a no-brainer for me. So, what am I going to say? What am I saying here? It's quite obvious what I'm saying. It, St. Louis is favored by eight and a half points, and a half points from a team not too long ago. Uh, was either in the Super Bowl or contending for the AFC Championship. Excuse me, the NFC Championship. How so much has changed. I'm saying the St. Louis Rams win this, unfortunately. I know, like I say, San Francisco 49er fans don't want to hear that. But it is what it is. I like the St. Louis Rams to win this, and I think it won't be close. Hate to say that, but I think it won't be close. You just take it as you take it as I say it. It's a shame um, story franchise, but there's not a lot to like on the offensive side of the ball for the Saint, excuse me, San Francisco 49ers. So we, I don't pick point spreads here. I just pick winners and losers, in my opinion. In my opinion, the San Francisco 49ers are in trouble. Let me put it that way. Serious trouble. All right, let's move on to another game, which I think is going to be a a division game. Two NFC South teams. One team, two and four. The other team just recorded uh, uh, its last loss at six and one. It, it just recorded a loss, six and one. One team unbeaten at home. One team, one and two on the road. Uh, talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and the Falcons swept the Buccaneers in 2014. Why do I say that? I don't know why I say that because I say 2014 don't mean squat. Um, they have a different um, quarterback who's playing pretty well now. Um, Tampa Bay is not going to be with one of their weapons, which is Vincent Jackson. Um, so a lot has been put on Mike Evans, and he's come through. Um but I think the uh, Buccaneers um, will not go down without a fight. Um, I think the um, Jameis Winston comes off his best game with uh, almost 300 yards and two two scores in Washington. He hasn't thrown an interception for two weeks and is getting more efficient with his passes with 
75% completion over those over those same two games. Even though he hasn't thrown uh, more than two touchdowns and hasn't broken the 300-yard uh, uh, level, he's slowly getting more productive and making uh, fewer mistakes. So those who are down on Jameis Winston, I understand it. Um, as the offensive coordinator gets more in tune with, with the limitations and the strong points of Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston has getting been getting more comfortable in the offense, and uh, conversely, he's uh, playing that much that much better. So, I'm thinking is that it's played in Atlanta. Excuse me, it's played in Atlanta, and. Uh, Atlanta is uh, wants to win this, especially because it's a division game, and all the division games are important. And it's a division, like I said, it's a division rival. I think uh, Atlanta wins this. I know they're favored by seven. I don't pick point spreads. I don't pick point spreads. Plain and simple. But I think because of Matt Ryan, who hasn't been playing that well over the last two weeks and barely pulled out a win against a stubborn Tennessee team, 10 to seven last week. <clears throat> I, um, I think he gets back on track with Julio. Um, and uh, they uh, win this game. I got to believe that Matt Ryan and, in all but one game, but still has not topped two touchdowns and has only one 300-yard game. Um, it's probably going to re- rely on De- Devontae Fre- Freeman <clears throat> since the, the offense has become so dominating and that uh, um, Matt Ryan hasn't been asked to do that much this year. Um, and, the, and the fact his worst performances have been at home because of the running game. So what's that say? I say that um, the running game is um, going to dominate again this week uh, against a a, a team that is uh, middle of the pack Against the run, um, their worst at uh, the worst uh, defense played, meaning the Tampa Bay, is against the quarterback and the wide receiver in the, rec- in the passing game. So, quite naturally, because of the stud work of Devonta Freeman, the uh, Atlanta Falcons are going to try to run the football as much as they can, and then play action, get him out to Leonard Hankerson, who's who's hurt. So don't can't you can't rely on Leonard Hankerson. So it's going to be Roddy White and Julio Jones show. And so I got to think that the Atlanta Falcons are going to pull it off. I got to believe that. I got to believe that the Falcons <clears throat> have um, more weapons. Playing at home, want to establish something at home since um, their quarterback hasn't played it well at home. That they need to. 
get themselves together, even though they're unbeaten at home, but haven't been playing that well. And uh, their, their performance was piss poor last week. 10-7 to against Tennessee. Come on. Um, and you were 6-1. and one. You got beat the week before. You're going against Tennessee, who hasn't been playing that well, with a backup quarterback, and you only can pull up 10 points. So I got to believe that um, they want to lay the wood on Tampa Bay, and I got to believe that they'll try to do so um, back at the Hot Atlanta. All right, we got two games to go and about 12 minutes left. We'll take a quick break. And uh, we'll, we'll be back. Looking for fantasy sports advice? How about informative conversation? Look no further as the Master Plan features two men that can help in both areas. Jerry, the Master Taylor, and Lance, the NFL exporter Goodman, provide you with a fantasy fix live every Sunday morning on the Master Plan at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365, and listen to other informative programs as well. That's the Master Plan, Sundays, 10 a.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K and streaming at spotonradio.webs.com. Information, motivation, variety, the master plan. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the Master Taylor, will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365 for other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Okay, people, we are back again. And uh, talking um, wins and lo- winners and losers in these matchups, um, we got two left. One one is going to be uh, a AFC South matchup, and it's just a coincidence that it happens to be my team. Um, I didn't plan it that way, um, but uh, it is what it is. <clears throat> we have the uh, Tennessee Titans. The um, Excuse me. The uh, one and five Titans against the two and five Texans, who seem like to be in, in, in disarray, uh, lost their uh, um, their big time running back, Arian Foster. Uh, they're going to have a running back by committee, Alfred Blue, Jonathan Grimes, and Chris Polk. They have uh, um, quarterback Ryan Mallett that they just released because uh, he just didn't get it. Attitude problem. Uh, they picked up an old quarterback that they used to have in years back, T.J. Yates. Uh, 
is uh, now the backup behind uh, Ryan Hoyer, or Brian Hoyer, I should say. Um, and the defense has been is absolutely a mess. I don't know if it's uh, um, an effort. I don't know if it's personnel or the coaching, but the defense of the Houston Texans, which was once vaunted um, and uh, um, had high expectations beginning of the season, is one of the worst in all of football. They are um, bottom tier, bottom tier against all skill positions. They get absolutely um, torched in the running game, absolutely torched in the passing game. Don't know what happened. Uh, J.J. Watt is uh, uh, supposed to be playing. Uh, he's dealing with back issues, but I think uh, he's over them. And he's going to be playing. Cecil Shorts is out because of his hamstring. Like I said, Marcus Mariota and Harry Douglas are also out this week, and Zach Beck- Mettenberger um, is going to be the starting quarterback. Now, if you can't beat Tennessee with a running back by committee, which is pretty bad, Antonio Andrews, um, Bishop Sankey, and um, Dexter McCluster, if you can't beat them with backup Zach Mettenberger, Houston, we have serious problems, serious problems. Um, they're playing this in Houston, um, and the and the line, believe it or not, the 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 line Houston by four, so they don't even think too much of uh, either one of these teams. If if it's only four points against a one and five team, I know the Texans are two and five. One and two at home. We think this is going to be a high-scoring or low-scoring game. It, it's hard for me to, to gauge this because we don't have a established running back past Arian Foster. You don't know what type of running game you're going to get with the three running backs I named, Polk, uh, Grimes, or Blue. Uh, we got one uh, bona fide uh, receiving threat in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Nate Washington is a is a ample backup, or I should say second a wide receiver on the other side because Cecil Shorts is still out dealing with issues. Um, so I'm thinking of Houston, Texas, by default, basically, by default. I think they have the better of uh, 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 personnel uh, on both sides of the ball. Hopefully the defense shows up uh, against a – Offense that's suspect at best, probably going to rely on the passing game because the running game really doesn't generate that much. Um, so I like Houston. Um, there's really not too much more to say. You got Brian Hoyer thrown to DeAndre Hopkins, and Houston likes to run the f- football, but I don't know how effective they're going to be. Uh, Tennessee is pretty good against the run. Um, the defense is not that bad. Top 15 in um, um, against the quarterback, running back, and the wide receiver, believe it or not. Uh, their issues are on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, offensive side of the ball. So I'm liking the Houston Texans to be able to just do enough to get another win and go to 3-5 to five versus 2-6. and six. All right, let's move on to the last but not least game 
Um, we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts who are um, three and four going up against the undefeated Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Cam Newton and company have been playing well. Um, the Colts are on a three-game losing streak. Believe it or not, they're still leading the AFC South, so AFC South is one of the worst divisions in, in all of football. The Colts are 2-1 and one on the road. The 6-0 and oh Panthers, quite nastily, uh, su- supposedly people are saying they're ripe for a loss and uh, um, nearly got beat by Seattle, but uh, they pulled off a win, and It's a Monday night game. It's the Monday night game, and what's going to happen here? Uh, do the Houston Texans and the uh, Colts wind up in a tie? Quite naturally, if they're both three and five, because the Colts already beat the Texans once, they'll still be up top the AFC South. But all the Houston Texans have to do is, is show some type of life in this AFC South. I think this is probably the the year, the only year, uh, one of the years that the AFC South is right for the taking if the Houston Texans can show a little bit. I think in this game, the the Carolina Panthers are, um, are very good against the passing game. The Indianapolis Colts, their defense is bottom tier. Jonathan Stewart has been running very well. Ron Rivera is a conservative defensive-minded coach. He likes the, the reason why they call him Riverboat Ron. He does like taking chances. But for the most part, he's pretty conservative. I mean, he's running the football and making uh, uh, taking chances uh, when it's warranted through Cam Newton. But for the most part, Jonathan Stewart, Cam Newton, like they like to run the football. Indianapolis is not good against the run. So what I'm saying, um, I'm, I like the uh, Panthers to win this in Carolina. Um, Carolina's favored by seven. I think it's going to be a little closer than that. Um, Andrew, Andrew Luck's got to show something here. Pagano's got to be on a hot seat. Um, and uh, this this thing may get blown up. Uh, sooner rather than later uh, if um, this offense, Pep Hamilton uh, and the offense don't start picking it up and the defense defense doesn't start playing better. I got to believe that it's um, it's got to it's got to get turned around um, one way or the other. I don't know if it gets turned around against Carolina in Carolina but uh, I, I do like Carolina to win this. All right people there is the rundown of the games that are left other than the Thursday game, which has been played out already, including the Monday night game, which we just talked about. Um, remember, time falls back one hour this morning. So when you go to bed, I'll, I'll reiterate this. When you go to bed, when you go to bed tonight, turn back the clock one hour. So if you go to bed at 10 o'clock, turning back the clock to 9 o'clock. So when you wake up, it's the right time. Fall back, spring ahead. 
This is the fall. Time falls back. So when you wake up at 10 a.m. or before 10 a.m., tune into the master plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, my name is JT, a.k.a. The Master, and we'll be talking about fantasy um, um, fantasy matchups. Just like I went back in each and every one of these matchups uh, games, I do the same thing, but only uh, relevant fantasy um, players um, in each matchup. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Believe me, uh, I have some sleepers sitting out there, players you can match pick up um, that uh, uh, may help you going down the road. Hopefully I've been talking to you and you've been getting a good advice, helping you win your fantasy games and your matchups and uh, bring you one step closer to the playoffs. Remember the key is to get into the playoffs. And once you get into the playoffs, you got a shot. With that being said, take care. We're out. Victor Gardner began the fan. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.